Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It's taking that stone, skimming it, and the circles... Just keep going and going and going and going. That's my heart for me. As I'm getting older, I want more ongoing impact. God, use me however you want. Send me wherever you want, just like all of us. Across the street, when you're walking through your neighborhood, remember, every one of those homes that looks perfect, no, 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 they're searching How are you using your knowledge and passion for the gospel to impact others in your family, workplace, or community? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to be on mission with the calling that Jesus placed on every believer's life in the Great Commission. We're not created to follow Christ by hiding our faith. Christ followers are the primary tool used by the Lord to impact others. His heart for the lost is to be our heart for the lost. By the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we are equipped so we have no excuses. Spread the good news of Jesus today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he concludes part two of his message, Every Christ Follower is to be on Mission. Saul basically is head up to Damascus after this, and and he's going to kill Christians on the way. And then he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, the same one that when Stephen said, well, I see Jesus, Paul sees Jesus, and he's converted. He becomes a Christian. Now, when you see an ordinary man named Paul, what kind of impact did Paul have? Well, one ordinary Christian, Stephen, Paul became the, one of the greatest witnesses, church planner, missionary, and writer in the New Testament. Here we are 2,000 years later. Any of you ever read the book of Romans, Ephesians, Colossians? 13 books that you're holding in the New Testament were written by who? Paul. Where did the impact come from? Stephen. Did Stephen know that would ever happen? Of course not. He knows in heaven now. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to get across to you? What was Stephen? Ordinary, just like you, just like me. Stood for Christ, and his impact went all the way to your Bible. The Apostle Paul writing 13 books of the New Testament. Why? Because Stephen, listen, was on mission. So we never know how in the world that's going. That's so powerful. That's the way God changes the world. Now, look back at verse 1 again in Acts 8. Not only did that happen, but there was another massive impact. 
on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So Stephen's death, Christians and the Jewish people, they just had a terrific persecution of the Christians. Now, hold your finger there at 8.1 and go right back to Acts chapter 1 quickly. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and verse 8. One day, Jesus, before he was going back to heaven, said to his apostles, the 12, you have to go to Jerusalem, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you can go and witness. Let me just remind you about something. You and I, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I know the four spiritual laws. I know the bridge illustration. I can quote the verses in the Roman road. Uh, Roman road. I got it together. I just go out and do my thing. No, without the Holy Spirit, you're doing nothing. You have to be led by the Spirit. You have to have an open door by the Spirit. You have to let the Spirit. Because the, we don't convict people. The Holy Spirit convicts people. And so Jesus said, you got to be filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 4. On one occasion, while I was eating them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard him speak about. What's he talking about? Being filled with the Spirit of God. Now look in verse 8. But you, while you're waiting, you will eventually receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And we know that the Holy Spirit not only comes on us, but at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes in us. Do you know this morning, we forget this often, you have actually God living inside if you're a Christian this morning. You have God in you. And he says this, and you will then be my, say the word with me, everybody at campuses, you'll be my witnesses. Look at that verse again. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witness. That is the main purpose of being filled with the Spirit. All the spiritual gifts, all the other things are wonderful. Speaking in tongues and all those things, we practice them. I do that privately. I love that. Gifts of healing, gifts of power. Just amazing. They're all there. But the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is what? To be witnesses. Because the most important thing in the world is not a physical healing. It's a spiritual healing so that person can live in eternity in heaven forever. Understand that. We're not downing the others. They're needed. But eventually, the last healing won't last you'll die because everybody dies. So the most important thing is getting the gospel to lost people who are searching, as we said this morning, for purpose. Now, so what does that mean? He says, as soon as you're empowered, God commands us and he empowers us to be his witnesses. As soon as you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, you're going to be on mission. So you're to begin in Jerusalem and then move to Judea and Samaria and finally preach the gospel to the whole world. That was his commandment. Start at home, and then it'll spread. God will send you to different places, and that's exactly it. So who write this down this morning. Ordinary Christ followers now are empowered by God to do extraordinary things. Things that you and I could not do without being under the control and influence of the Holy Spirit. That's when ordinary becomes extraordinary. Now, it's not us that are extraordinary. It's God working in us. That's what happened to Stephen. And in a moment, you'll see that's what happened to Philip. And that's what happened to the Saul who became the apostle Paul. Now, back to 8.1 where I left you. When the persecution started in Jerusalem, I'm going to give you a little hint because I'm asking you a question. Who actually obeyed Jesus and went to Samaria and Judea and the other parts of the world. Who actually obeyed and who stayed in Jerusalem? Let me read it to you. You'll get it right away. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So who, who obeyed Jesus and went out to the other places? Who? Who were they? 
They're just ordinary people like you and me. And where did the apostles stay? In Jerusalem. They were needed. They felt they were needed there. So who went out? Just ordinary people with no name. They went and they started to share the gospel around at different places. So, by the way, who was that? That's going to be basically the way it looks for us. Now look at verse 4. Those. Don't you like to be called you? Those. Human bodies. There's no names. Why? It wasn't important. Those that went, what did they do? They, say it with me, they shared the good news. They were on what? Mission. They were on mission. They went. If you were living 2,000 years ago and you obeyed God, that would be you. That's to those. But here we are today. That is still you. So here's what we don't understand. Write this down. God gave every ordinary Christ follower. Let's see. How many of you are every or, everyday ordinary Christ follower? Let me see your hand again. Okay. Now look at this statement. God gave every ordinary Christ follower the privilege. We know it's a responsibility, but sometimes we don't see it. It's, a, it's an amazing privilege. Privilege and responsibility to share the gospel. What a joy that is. Now watch this. First Peter But in your heart, speaking to Christ followers, ordinary people like you and me, set apart as Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. See, our world is upside down because the people do not have hope. You can't have hope without a relationship with Jesus Christ. But do this with gentleness and respect. So notice what happens. The persecution and the dispersion doesn't silence their testimony. We're in a world where one day Satan will enter our nation and try to silence it. But notice that verse. We're able to give an answer. We're able to give an answer. Now, when you see the end of this, there's another thing that happens. So we're talking about Stephen, but now we're moving to Philip. Philip was one of the same of the seven that started serving tables. Look at verse 8. And Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. So here he goes. He's directed to a different area. The Jews hate Samaritans. But he obeys God and goes there. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. And with shrieks and evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Here again, because Philip obeyed God, we see the value in the impact of one ordinary Christ follower. The city came to Christ Hundreds, it was filled with joy. Now, what if Philip would have said, well, God, you can send me somewhere, but I don't want to go to Samaria. There'd be no joy in the city. Could it be that at our campuses, we refuse when God opens the door? Well, leave that to somebody else. I've already told you, don't leave that to the pastors. No, that's not just our responsibility. Well, I don't want to go there. I'm sure these people look like they got it all together. No, if God opens the door, they don't have it all together. Remember the right thinking? Well, scoot on down to chapter 11 in Acts. Watch what happens. 
This is so powerful. Acts eleven nineteen. By the way, we'll pick up Philip and his amazing adventure because he eventually witnesses to an Ethiopian eunuch and the Ethiopian eunuch goes back and shares the gospel with all of Ethiopia in South Africa and all of that. Amazing. Now look at verse 19. Now those who had been scattered, all of those people that started in Jerusalem, by the persecution in connection with Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, keeping, telling the message to only Jews. Verse 20. And some of them, however, men, ordinary Christ followers, Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks. This is new. All these people that were scattered, they were Jews. They were just talking to Jews. But now they begin to speak to the Greeks, the Gentiles, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Scoot on down to verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, Paul. And when he found him... He brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Look at this. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Now, notice the continued impact of who? Stephen. Because of Stephen... Standing up for God, he gets stoned, Christians are persecuted, it's scattered. Now you'll see in the next few minutes, Antioch, where Antioch's in Syria. And they go there, and all of a sudden, amazing things happen. All kinds of people, they plant a church, and all kinds of people are coming to Christ. And then when that word gets out to Barnabas, he, he actually goes and brings Paul down. Now look at verse 26 again. What did Paul and Barnabas do for one year at this new plant, church plant? What did they do for one year? Tell me. They talked and taught the word of God for how long? One year. Where? Where? In the? Okay, you guys aren't listening to me. In the? They planted a roller rink. No, they planted a what? So what's the purpose of a church? What do you see? To teach? The word of God. Hello, what am I doing this morning? But you hear lots of people say, there's no need for the church. Well, who established the church? Well, I think the Catholics or the Protestants. or something. No, Jesus Christ established the church. It's his church. It will never fail. So why are we here this morning? Because we're learning the sayings of Jesus. The Holy Bible. We're learning how to live in this world. I want you to think about this for a moment. These nobodies, we don't know their names. Paul wasn't there. Stephen wasn't there. The apostles weren't there. They plan a church. A church. Let me ask you a question. Who were these people? Unnamed, ordinary Christ followers. They had no training. They had no Bible school. They had no seminary. They had no sending church. Nobody sent them. God sent them. They simply obeyed Jesus' call to seek and save the lost. They were ordinary 
But here's this amazing church that's going to have a great impact. I'll show you what that looks like in a moment. So see, God knows how to do things. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Well, that shouldn't surprise you because Jesus made the statement just before he left. Look at it. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will be doing what I've been doing. He'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, what does Jesus mean? Well, the minute he leaves, and when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit, some of you will become a Christian this morning, the Holy Spirit will come in you. And you have God living in you. And that brings amazing, extraordinary things. Now, watch. What do you mean greater? I mean, nobody's greater than Jesus. He raised people from the dead. I understand that. Greater means this, in number. How many people were Jesus? He was one man. So he'd go into a town. There'd be hundreds of people there. Very often he ministered to one or two. That's all he could minister to at that time. That's all he could do. Now, look at us. How many of us are here in our campuses on a weekend? Usually eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people. Way more than How about greater a number of converts? Do you know Billy Graham has, has been able to be, because of God, to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Probably 100,000, 200,000 people. More than Jesus ever did. How about greater in time? How long was Jesus a minister, actually? 30 to 33, three years. How long have you been a Christian this morning? I've been a Christian over 65 years. More than that. Think of that. Look at the time I've had. How about scope and distance? Jesus, except as a little child and one time later in life, never left Israel. The size of New Jersey. We've been all over. Some of you guys, gals will be flying off to foreign countries in business this week. Jesus never saw it. See, the impact is there. Now, let me show you what that looks like. Here's what happened. The early church started where? Anybody have an idea? The early church. Let me go back to something that Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Let's see if you get it. And Jesus says, stay in Jerusalem. You got it. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. So where did the early church was headquartered. Where was it headquartered? Jerusalem. Good job. You learned something good today. That's where they were. That's the headquarters. That's Jerusalem. Now, where was the persecution from? The Jews in Jerusalem. Where was Stephen Stone? In Jerusalem. Where is the upper room where the 120 were? In Jerusalem. When the disciples stayed in Jerusalem, the rest of the people scattered all through Israel. Who were they? Ordinary Christians like you and me. Now, the Damascus is where Paul, he was on his way to Damascus to kill Christians. And on that road to Damascus is when God came down, knocked him off his horse. He looked up to heaven. He said, I don't believe in you. He says, well, that's nice because you're talking to me. <laughs> and he became a believer. He became an amazing believer. Now, after that, Scattered all over. Samaria, every place. There's the Mediterranean Sea. Now, look up here in Syria. What did you, where did we just read the church plant was started? Where? Antioch. Now, here's something you know, and you'll see in a moment. Antioch became the new center for Christianity. Oh, there was still a center in Jerusalem. Actually, Jesus' brother, James, was the head of it. But it was no longer the head the head of the church, the New Testament church, transferred itself up to Syria. Let me show you what that looks like. Look at this next statement. 
Antioch in Syria, you guys heard Syria plenty on the news, became the center from which the gospel radiates to the Gentiles. All of you that are Gentiles this morning, say amen. Amen. That's good. Few Jews scattered. You've already been taken care of. Started in Jerusalem. Now, do you see what you maybe have never seen before? Paul becomes a missionary to the whole world from Antioch. And he has three missionary journeys. He is an amazing, he's on mission all the time. He he would deal with Jews, but mostly all the time he's going to deal with Gentiles, like you and me, most of us. Now, how did that all start? With who? Stephen. Do you understand this morning? Whether you're from Ethiopia and Africa and those areas, or up in the Europe areas or whatever, you and I, our grandparents, great-great-grandparents, all the way back, Gentiles, Stephen is the reason you are a Christian today. That's amazing. The value and impact of how many? (laughs) Was it Stephen? No, Jesus. But he was used of God. Here comes Saul, watching him get killed. Yay! Uh, Becomes Paul. Writes the New Testament. Three missionary journeys all over the world. Years, 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 years. You become, you're sitting here in our campuses this morning. Why? Because of the value and impact of one ordinary Christian called Stephen. That's amazing. That's amazing. Don't downplay your impact. We said, Pastor Mark, I'd like to know. Forget it. That's prideful. You just leave that to God. It's not about you or me. Whatever impact we have, glory to God. Now, I want to show you what that picture looks like. Here it is. It's the value and ongoing impact of one. It's taking that stone, skimming it, and the circles just keep going and going and going and going. That's my heart for me. As I'm getting older, I want more ongoing impact. God, use me however you want. Send me wherever you want, just like all of us across the street. When you're walking through your neighborhood, remember every one of those homes that looks perfect. No, no, no. They're searching. There's an emptiness. They just don't know what it is. So let me show you this last one. The value and ongoing impact of you. I'm proud of you this morning. Don't forget how valuable you are to God. As a Christ follower, it's impossible for you to understand what he's got planned for you. One ordinary Christ follower empowered by God to do extraordinary things. That's his goal for you. God gave every ordinary Christ follower the privilege and responsibility to share the gospel. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that God gave every ordinary Christ follower the privilege and responsibility to share the gospel. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that God commands us and empowers us to be his witnesses. He doesn't place a calling on our life that he will not fully equip us to fulfill. God is going to use you to impact those in need because that's what you were created for. Are you living on mission to share the love of Jesus with all you see today? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What does God want the people to know, to feel, to do? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners how the name of Jesus is to be the backbone for everything we say and do. He simply wants us to rely on Him. When we step out in the name of Jesus, opposition will be there, but opposition can lead to opportunity. We've been given the Holy Spirit as a resource to strengthen and equip. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is given